Welcome to the Twinkle Talks EYFS podcast. Working in the early years is busy, funny, messy and exhausting. Join me, Shana, and the rest of the Twinkle EYFS team as we talk honestly about our experiences as practitioners, teachers and professional nappy changers. Whether you're listening to increase your CPD hours or catching up on our antics whilst driving home from work, Twinkle EYFS will share everything you need to know about all things early years. Hello lovely listeners, it's Shauna here from Twinkle Talks EYFS and I am so glad that you were able to join us again for yet another amazing episode in our Twinkle Talks EYFS Around the World mini-series. We've gone far and wide so far. We have gone to Australia, South Africa, Mexico, many other wonderful places. But for this episode, we're going to be a little bit closer to home. We are going to talk to the wonderful Fiona from Twinkle Scotland. Now you might be thinking, hang on a minute, Shana, Scotland is in the UK. We should be doing the same thing. Actually, that's not quite true. And that is why Fiona is here to tell us what it's like to be an early years practitioner in Scotland. So we're just going to get straight in. Let's go and have a chat with her. Fiona, thank you so much for coming to chat with me today about what early years looks like in Scotland. Very exciting. But before we get there, please let us know. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about how you worked for Twinkle and um, your journey in the education world for early years in Scotland. Well, thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited to be here. Um, so a little bit about myself. I have been working for Twinkle since October 2021, I want to say. So for a few years now, um, and I came to Twinkle after working in both private nurseries and local authority nurseries. Um, so I worked in private nurseries for three years, and then I moved to a school nursery, and I was there for five years. So I did my SPQ3 in childhood practice at my private nursery and that was a, like a modern apprenticeship um so I did my training on the job and then would go home and then write all my essays up and they would mark it and come in and see me which was lots of fun and then <laughs> when I went on to my local authority nursery I didn't do any studying very well and then I thought you know what I'm going to do the degree. So I did my oh. degree for three years whilst I was there, whilst I worked full time, which was lots of fun. And how did you do, how how are you survive? How did you do that? I know it was, it was a lot. Did you sleep? It, no, not really, to be honest. <laughs> but we, um, we worked, we worked, we did it. And um, it was a lot and I learned so much from it and I really enjoyed it. And then I finished that in the January and then I thought, what am I going to do with myself now? And then <laughs> in October, I came to Twinkle. So You just love a challenge, don't you? Definitely. So <laughs> um, having the degree, I think, really opened my eyes into all the possibilities and how I could maybe help people further. And I thought, what better way to do that than Twinkle? Right. So what do you do for Twinkle Scotland? Um, so I am the segment manager for early learning and childcare 
at Scotland. So I do all the social media, um, creative resources. I do the weekly newsletter. If you are in Scotland, you might get a newsletter from at Fiona at Twinkle. <laughs> um, the face behind the email. Um, and just all the run-ins of everything early learning and childcare in Scotland. So anything that you think, how did that get there? It's you. It's me. <laughs> Brilliant. It's so cool that. I'm just going to go and look at all the Jingle Scotland resources and go, oh, Fiona made that. How cool is that? Like, that's so cool. I love it. Well, thank you for coming on to chat with us today. And I think it's really important to address, we're doing this mini series about early years around the world and our listeners might be thinking, oh, Scotland? Oh, it's just next door. <laughs> it must be the same. We're on the same island. No, you would be wrong there, friends. Obviously, we are different countries within the UK, but as such, there are loads of differences. I mean, just from listening to you right now, I've heard different abbreviations like, what was it, SVQ? Yes. And I'm like, Scottish vocabulary. I can't, I have no idea what that is, but I know it's something to do with, like, because we do NVQ. Yes. So it must be SVQ. So it must be Scottish. But Scottish. Yeah. Oh. I should really know what MVQ means then. That's ridiculous that I don't even know what it means. I'm sure <laughs> I was I'm assume, assuming that yours is national qual vacation qualification and mine's is Scottish vacation qualification, but that's I what it must be. Wrong. National vocational qualification. Scottish vocational qual you know what? Our listeners are very good at they will they will they will write in. <laughs> they will tell know. us. They will be like, come on guys, you should know this. <laughs> so funny thing is there are so many abbreviations in earlier no matter where you work there's just so many to keep on top of it's hilarious um so and also you call it early learning yes which is really important because when i was talking to stacy from australia it was e-y-l-f yes. and do you know what i've already forgotten what that meant so early learning and child child care care so it's yes. e-l-c-c e-y-f-s england ELCC Scotland. Am oh, I right? Just ELC. <laughs> oh darn! I was so early close. learning and childcare. So that kind of covers. To be honest, when you when you research it, it actually covers anything from zero to twelve because oh, also take into consideration people working in after school clubs and childminders as well. So childminders in Scotland. I'm not sure if it's the same in England. Um, they're eligible to provide funded hours. For children um so they're classed as part of the early learning and child care segment yeah no it's same over here but we're lucky in twinkle england that we've got a twinkle child minders section as well she's called alicia the manager and she's great so she 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 helps us with them as well it's early years are so big isn't it like it it's is. just huge even in one country let alone going everywhere else so on that lovely note I think I've spoken on previous episodes quite extensively about how you become an early years practitioner or teacher in England. But is it the same for Scotland or is it very different? How does it work? Um, so in Scotland, there's a few ways that you can do it. So you can start with doing a national certificate in early education and childcare. And that would be a one year course. And that would allow you to then go into a HNC, which is like a higher national certificate. Through that, you would be able to go on placements into a nursery setting, maybe be two times a week. Um, and then you would have block weeks as well. So you'd maybe go in every every term, you would maybe go in for a week. Um, and 
that is more of you're in the classroom more and a wee bit of placement and then there's a modern apprenticeship route which I took which um is when you work when you learn on the job and Mm. that's when you're working full-time in a nursery environment and doing your qualification on the side at home pretty much Mm. and and then somebody would maybe come out and see you every month or so um and you're working towards uh sbq and that will then qualify you to be working with children and there's also ways where you can um do a foundation apprenticeship i don't know if you do that within england um so when you're doing a placement whilst you're at school um and you can go in for once a week and that's a good Mm. stepping stone to go into either the hnc or the modern apprenticeship and then there's also people that go straight from the degree so they would maybe go and do a degree in childhood practice like i did um and then go into into a nursery setting with a degree qualification and that is becoming quite a big thing in Scotland to have a degree they're kind of pushing towards that that a lot of practitioners have a degree level so if you're up in the senior so if you're a manager or deputy or a senior early years practitioner they're wanting you to have a degree level qualification oh right is that the same for schools as well as private ones as well then yes yes it's it's definitely pushed more in schools um right I'd say than the private but private is definitely your managers and your room leaders and things yes they want them to be um doing a degree level qualification and there's different ways to do that as well so I did mine through university whereas some people go and do a class once a week and it's like an SVQ level nine which is like yeah yes um they will go and do that and it'll maybe take a longer period of time to do it um so there's so many different ways to work in early years in Scotland but whatever you do it's a fantastic job to be working in yeah it really is isn't it and I think that's kind of the beauty of wherever you are you know however you train there's different ways that suit you it can be an SVQ it can be a degree it can be an apprenticeship like there are so many different ways to get in because I think people in especially in teaching are worried like oh you've got to have a certain if you're teaching you've got to have a certain amount of you know quote unquote intelligence which you know yeah is a very open word anyway and it's actually well you know what does that even mean actually so there are different levels in which you can access no matter what totally and that's the thing when you're saying that because with the hnc they tend to say you need to have like three three to five subjects from your high school years and then they say like you need english and higher english and stuff like that um but then with the SBQ, like I know many people who left early, left school early, left at sixteen, and then went straight into that, and then have yeah, become incredible managers. Yeah, yeah become managers exactly. or like people who are really high up in different councils. So it just shows different people learn in different ways, and I think that's what's so great about it that there's so many different avenues that you can do it to give that flexibility. And that's what we should be teaching our children, right? That's exactly why we go into early years. Exactly. Amen. I'm loving it. It's like a little little, little church service of early years. I'm loving it. It's great. <laughs> but the next big one that people also might not know that might be different is the curriculum. Now, 
Scotland have their entire, their own early years curriculum, their own national curriculum. Yes. So tell us more about that. What does, what does, it, what does a Scottish early years curriculum look like? Oof, well, <laughs> that's been a can of worms. Um, right. So when, when you say that, though, that is that is so interesting to say because I think sometimes people in England forget that our curriculum is different. Um, so obviously yours is EYFS. Mm-hmm. We don't do any of your EYFS. Although these things are similar, yeah. they, they probably have aspects that overlap. Um, it's totally different. So in Scotland, we have the Curriculum for Excellence, which is, I'd say, the main curriculum. So the Curriculum for Excellence is from three until 18 year olds oh wow yes it covers a lot of aspects but I think what is interesting about this curriculum is it kind of shows you the depth and breadth you can go into as you go across different stages of your schooling career um so it means if there's children who are quite advanced they may be looking at maybe higher up levels of outcomes and whereas if there's some are struggling a little bit at school they can dip into um, more simple outcomes which is I think really interesting so that has eight curriculum areas and we talk a lot about like I said providing depth and breadth and a lot of cross-curricular learning so although maybe uh, you're doing planting and growing outside my favorite subject yes I love it too. <laughs> I love planting maybe you're doing some health and well-being in that but there's also the mathematics and stuff like that so a lot of cross-curricular learning which is fantastic and lots of in the moment planning oh. in Scottish early years, I'd say. And it's kind of starting to go in towards schooling, which has been very interesting. And then we also have another curriculum guidance, which is pre-birth to three. So there's a big focus on before the child is even born, how important that is. Um, pre-birth, that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, so how significant that is in a child's development um, and having that start in their life from when they're growing so yeah yeah, it's really it's really interesting it's so interesting um lots of reading that people could do on that which is great and that's more of I'd say that's a bit more simplistic and talking more about the interactions you're having with children at a very young age creating positive relationships and providing responsive care so there's four areas within that that you try to cover for pre-birth to three and then also there's overarching frameworks and guidance that um, Scotland covers it has actually been um recognized worldwide that's really important so we have a i say new but it's not even that new anymore um guidance called realizing ambition so that's a framework which kind of supports early years educators in bettering their practice and really talking about children being their self um, and that also covers from birth and beyond um so a lot of depth and breadth into learning there as well and we also have lots of self-evaluation framework so lots of paperwork going on behind the scenes but I'd say the main curriculum is curriculum for excellence with the pre-birth to three for the little ones but I could talk about it forever but it's there's so much information so but it's so interesting and as you're talking I'm looking through the pre-birth now and I'll put all of the links as well in the episode notes so our listeners can look as well. And there's loads of stuff on Twinkle that you've made. But I find the whole pre-birth bit really, 
really interesting. And I've not heard any other country actually acknowledge that in their curriculum. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. So the first thing that really sticks out for me in terms of this pre-birth part is the four key principles. And so there are four things that you outline in Scotland from pre-birth. Number one, rights of the child. Exactly. Like from pre-birth rights of the child. That is so important. Yeah. And that's the kind of when you're saying rights of a child in Scotland, we talk a lot about GERFECT. Is that something you talk about in England? I've not even heard of it. Please elaborate. So GERFECT is getting it right for every child. Mm. So we have wellbeing indicators which are within that, which go in a lot of care plans um, when a child starts at a nursery. And wellbeing indicators is it's called SHINARI. So it's like an acronym. So how can we keep a child safe? How can we keep them, help them be healthy, nurtured, um, included, all those kind of things. Um, and in Scotland, we're kind of really passionate about getting it right for the child from... From conception. From conception, yeah. Um, and giving them the best start in life. And I think that's something really significant in our curriculum because we really want to ensure that every young person in Scotland is able to reach their full potential so it's a kind of a holistic approach it's about working in collaboration with the children and their families to ensure we like I said before give them the best start in their life it's great I love it and that and that is like a government policy as well like it's really really significant in in Scottish education I think what also makes it so unique and significant is the fact that within that whole pre-birth curriculum you're also taking care of the birth mother and including her in the importance of a child because like you say you know a, a baby in the womb there are so many things if we look after the mother you look after the child Yes. And it's just, it's going beyond, it's really looking at that, like you say, that holistic view of really where the child is and has come from. Mm -hmm. And I've not seen another curriculum do that. That's really fascinating. And I think when you say that, something I was looking at was the CPD stuff that was on offer at Twinkle. And they talk a lot about partnerships with parents, but I think that is something that, that Scotland is really getting it right with. And I think having those health visitors involved um, from that very early stages and and then throughout their life, at different um, steps in their life, I think it really helps to have that continuity and provide a lot of important um, progression. And yes, it's really, really interesting. It's great. I feel like not just England, but a lot of countries could learn from Scotland in that way. Like you're really paving the way for something there. That's really impressive. Big, big thumbs up from me. Or I'm, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'll pat myself in the back for that one. You do that. Take all the credit, Fiona. It's all you, babes. It's all you. (laughs) So in terms of the three to 12 curriculum, obviously, is it broken down into kind of, we call it key stages. Do you break it down like there as well or? Um, Well, there is ways of breaking it down. Yes. So like we have like different stage levels. Um, Hmm. So within Scotland, we have like early level, which is preschool to primary one. Then we have first level, which is primary one to the end of primary four. Then we have second level, which is primary four to the end of primary seven. And then third and fourth goes into S1, S3. And then we 
gets to fourth level, it kind of goes beyond. And then that's when you start doing your SBQs and all those higher up levels of qualifications. So it's broken down in different level stages, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's reminding me of like infant school, middle school, high school that yeah. used to be in England. Is it kind of a similar structure or? Um, well, it's kind of, in Scotland we have nurseries and then we have primary schools, which is from five until 12 and then we have okay secondary schools which is 12 until 18 or when you want to leave so some children will leave at 15 and um, they're able to really? leave then yeah they're able to leave there and then go on to do a job or go into maybe a college or yeah um, yeah like I said like an SVQ apprenticeship yeah. learning on the job experience so oh, wow, that's really a few cool. different avenues for um, yeah. advanced learning after leaving school and in terms of the curriculum areas you said you have eight in England we've got seven areas of learning for early years what are your eight so we have it's not a test or anything. <laughs> I'm like, please tell me I remember all this. <laughs> Health and well-being, literacy and English, numeracy and mathematics. Then we have social studies, um, science. What else is there? Religious, moral and philosophical studies. Um, expressive arts. Yeah. And technology. Oh, wow. Okay. So they're very similar to mm-hmm. what we're, we've got. I think, hmm. Let me think. So for us, it's three prime areas. We've got communication and language, uh, physical development, and personal, social, and emotional development. Actually, I didn't hear you say physical. Is that part of... That's within health and well-being. Oh, of course it is. There you go. And then literacy, maths, understanding of the world, and expressive arts and design. So our understanding of the world is kind of like your your humanities, like your science, your history, your geography. When I've looked at your stuff on Twinkle, I quite liked that um, the name of that. I thought that was really mm. interesting because when you think about it, it's all about understanding the world. It is, isn't it? And there's so many different aspects. So those eight areas, do they carry up through primary and secondary as well? Yes. That's really interesting because yes. for early years over here, we just have those seven areas in early years. As soon as they get to primary, it's literacy, maths, geography, history, right. French. Like it's completely so different. More like- topical yeah like yeah. it's a completely different curriculum when they would go to high school they would maybe be doing geography and like you're saying um science and art classes but they would still be within the curriculum yeah that that area yeah that's yeah. really interesting but that's good because it's showing the connection i really I, I do think that the way we do it in england is a little bit disjointed because it's just that flow of going from the seven areas to the different subjects is just a little bit you know off whereas the way you've done it in Scotland is it is from three upwards and if you you know break it down as you get older that's fine but they still relate to those initial eight areas which I think is just clearer for us clearer for the children clearer for parents as well yeah, you know I think I mean? it and I think it like provides a kind of in a way it supports with transitions because they're not getting afraid yes. with what they're like going into a whole new way of learning um, right because it kind of the the curriculum follows the child um which is really interesting. And then we also have the four capacities that are like main areas that we want to cover from the experiences that and outcomes. So we want to help children to become successful learners, confident individuals, effective contributors and responsible citizens. So there's a lot going on within the curriculum and I think it's just about educators being able to 
break it down into manageable chunks for children to be able to learn at their own pace. Do you know, I love what you just said about the curriculum follows the child. Ugh. Yes. It should it should totally be that way. Not a child follows the curriculum. Mm-hmm. The curriculum follows the child. Make a t-shirt, Fiona, sell them on Vinted. Done. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be quite a good second income I, I, you yeah. know I wouldn't doubt it like my friends do vintage it's looking good it's looking great anyway going off topic that's my fault <laughs> curriculum super interesting so now that we kind of have an idea of what you know you follow in terms of framework and things like that how do what does it look like in a earlier setting like what's the what does a typical day look like how is it broken up like what happens well in our early year setting in Scotland it's very free flow I'm not sure if it's like that in England yet um but in Scotland it's very free flow play we've moved away from like a strict structure of you come into the setting you do a welcome time um oh. you maybe do group times or like all together times yeah um because we I think as a country we felt that was kind of limiting children's ways of learning and exploring and it was maybe kind of stifling the way that they learned so it's a lot of free play you would come into your setting and usually most settings are open from eight till six. Oh wow even school ones um yes so at in my school setting um we opened eight till six um so within scotland there has been fun more funded hours provided so their children are entitled to one thousand one hundred and forty three hours of childcare. What what? All children from the age of three are provided these funded hours, which is like thirty hours a week. All right. Um, I thought you meant a week. Better. I was like a thousand hours a week, you no. what? <laughs> <laughs> so um, all children have funded hours, so they're not paying for childcare when they're three and above. Um, and then there's some children who are two who maybe are eligible through certain circumstances um that they get hours as well. So a lot of hours for children to be in that nursery setting. Which is how it should be. I mean, I'm yes. sure if you've seen on the news recently what's been going on in England with the budget yeah. and the whole childcare, quote unquote free, because the government are calling it free childcare that they are improving upon and making more accessible to more families. But it's not free because it's coming out of other areas. They're not funding that. It's coming out of nursery budgets still, etc. It's, it's a big debate. Yes, I've, I've seen a lot of discussion around budgeting and mm. it looks very complex and mm. I can understand. And let's just say England is at the bottom of the pile for funding for early years, childcare, hours, whatever, in all four of the UK countries. And I think Scotland is probably at the top. I could be wrong, but... I think you're probably right. I know that Ireland have been getting some new stuff with their schools about funding for books and things, which has been really great to see. Um, But I think Scotland is kind of... Leading the way, babe. Leading the way with early years, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a lot of settings opened eight till six, private ones as well, private nurseries. Um, some of them will maybe be open from seven o'clock until maybe seven till seven um, but it's kind of adaptable hours so these practitioners aren't obviously working all these hours no a lot shift work yes shift work Um, and there is some settings that still do school hours but very few I'd say in Scotland are doing that most most now with the new 1140 um, rollout have been open eight till six 
So eight to six. So some children will come in at eight o'clock on the dot, um, and then we will have they'll be able to go and play with what they would ever they want. We'll have different areas set up. I'm sure you have it too. Yeah. Um, lots of free flow and transferring from different areas, and we will provide a kind of morning snack, which is free flow as well. So it'll probably be left out for an hour, um, and children can come and go and have snack when they want. Um, and then we have more free flow play and um, then lunchtime, and then more play, and then it'll be another snack. And then that would be maybe a substantial snack for, so that Mm. means that children who maybe don't get as much to eat in their home environment, they're having something big and filling um, before they go Mm. home. Are your snacks funded? Yes. I see. This is what I mean. Or it'll come out of the budget. But it's budgeted at least. Like. Yeah, it's budgeted. I can't right. quite remember if it's funded snack. Yeah. Uh, don't quote me on that because there's so many different <laughs> um, things to remember. Yeah. Um, and within the kind of the normal day, it would be more that the educators will be kind of observing the children in their play and supporting and scaffolding different types of learning through play. Um, so it's more that... You're observing the child and creating learning intentions and success criterias to support through their interest rather than you being like, oh, eh, we Jimmy's not doing any writing. He needs to focus on sitting at a table and doing writing. It's how can we see ways of providing um, gross motor and fine motor experiences for Jimmy when all he wants to do is play outside. So thinking about providing paintbrushes and big buckets of water and allowing them to explore outdoors and learn that way. Yeah. So again, bringing the curriculum to the child rather than forcing the child into the curriculum and things like that. It's brilliant. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a, a very um, effective way of recording children's learning, I feel. Um, and although I think it's maybe taken some people a long time to adapt to this way of thinking because the curriculum wasn't always this way I think we would never do you'd never go back anything else now because you you can really see how impactful it is on children's learning and you can see the areas that they cover in a lot more depth I mean I don't want to book my ticket and move to Scotland already but I am very close to the border like I live near the Lake District it wouldn't take that much for me to move over I'm not (laughs) not gonna lie very cool very cool I'm wondering you know about shift work because a couple of um, other countries do seven to seven eight to six kind of hours and they too have kind of shift work in terms of practitioners and teachers how how do you manage that how do you work together and keep on top of planning observations and things like that having to say two teachers responsible for the same class how, how do you keep on top of that how does it work um so within a nursery environment we kind of have a kind of key worker approach at the moment there has been discussion around all of that but it would be like a key worker is responsible for a certain amount of children so if you worked full time, which was like 35 hours, 40 hours a week, you would maybe have 10 children that you're responsible for. Um, and the way a manager would maybe divvy it up is they would, if they worked full time, they would have children across different days. So that meant they were able to see children at different days. And then part time people, maybe if they're working on just a Monday and Tuesday, they would only have children that come on a Monday and Tuesday and um, things like that. But the managers will create kind of a timetable for staff and it would maybe be one week 
um, you're working an early shift and in the next week you're working the late shift. Oh, right. So it can change even then. You don't get set shifts. You can. I think oh. it depends on, on your setting um, and what works best for you. So maybe if you've got children yeah. and you need to drop That's really flexible. Pool, yeah. Um, I think it's more like if you have the children, then you could maybe do the 10 till 6 and then maybe your partner's picking them up after. Yeah. Or maybe some people will only work nine till five they do have models like that and then there's also some people that maybe work four days but they're longer days Mm. whereas in there's people that work five days and it's shorter days across that's really flexible for the practitioners as well isn't it yeah which is interesting I think it can be difficult for for managers in terms of um yeah providing the flexibility for everyone but yeah of course but at least there's something in place that supports managers to be able to at least try Yes, and I think that was a big thing when they provided this model of... Because when I started in the school nursery, it was just 9 till 3. And then about 2 or 3 years in, they moved to the extended hours. And the government was like, we need to be able to provide flexibility for the people who are working Mm -hmm. in these settings. Because then if they do have younger children who don't get funded hours or children in after school, um, you need to think about in consideration of how much they're spending on their own childcare. Yeah, yeah. Really interesting. I love it. I mean, I could talk about this for hours, but this is very cool. Very, very cool. Okay. Well, before we get on to a fun game at the end, I want to ask you, and this is going to be a hard one for you because it sounds like heaven in Scotland, I'll be honest. <laughs> what is your favourite thing about working in early years in Scotland? Um, well, something that I've not really discussed yet because I was saving it for this question <gasps> oh, oh. is um, the outdoor play. So I'd say that in Scotland we are really aware of the benefits of high quality outdoor play and providing physical and mental development and supporting that in an outdoor environment so we will try and get outside as much as we can spend as much time outdoors and talk about bringing the inside out and like I was discussing about how some children maybe want to learn mark making outside how can we provide these experience outside as well so I love outdoor play I feel like some children you can just see how much they thrive in that environment and I think to be honest it should continue more and more in a school setting and I know that's something that's being worked on but I think a lot of children in school should be able to get outside more than they do. Oh I'm so with you and you know what's also like a kick up the bum for me one of my bugbears about going outside because I loved it but also I hate winter like me and cold just do not get on. Oh I'm the same. But you are in Scotland right and Scotland look as beautiful as Scotland is you don't get a lot of sunshine it is a lot of rain and snow but that's beautiful in its own however it's cold and I'm not great with that but if you guys in Scotland can do outdoor play all year round and it's such a big thing for you guys anyway then there's no excuse there's no excuse for me. And I think that's the thing it's about having the appropriate clothing and you talk to children about that Mm -hmm. about them having the appropriate clothing for going outside that staff need to be modeling that as well right there's so much we could learn from you (laughs) if we're um, wearing the appropriate clothing then that might encourage them to do it as well so yes like like we had said I love planting and growing I love growing stuff outside for the children and that's funny that you said that about the weather in Scotland because as soon as I peak of sun comes out we're like sunglasses on shorts <laughs> on make the most of this while we can do it I love it it's so funny I think that's a very British thing as well isn't it maybe not just yeah. in Scotland it's like as soon as the little bit of sun's out all the men 
decide to wear the shorts and you're like guys calm down we're not in Benidorm for goodness sake but you know what it is it is for us and it is you know for what? us we love you it never know, love you never it. know how long it'll last you've got to exactly take these moments I adore it I adore it it's so funny it's brilliant <laughs> Oh, it's been so fun. Thank you. Are you ready for some more fun to end the episode? Go for it. Yes, you are. I knew you were that girl. Okay, great. So what I do with all of my guests at the end of a show is we just play a little game just to, you know, keep it light and fun. Although this is a pretty cool episode. And we do a teacher version of Would You Rather. And because we're going around the world and you're from Scotland and representing your country, we're going to try and make it more tailored to you. So are you ready for these hard hitting questions? Okay, go for it. She's got it. She's done it. Okay, so first one's always the same. Just to get you in there, ease you in. Would you rather tea or coffee? Well, I'd say coffee. Oh. But it has to be like a fancy coffee. Like from Starbucks? I'm not just having a black coffee. No, not a black coffee. I like a latte. (laughs) Oh, yes. Or mocha, something like that. Mm. Particular syrup? Yes, I like vanilla or caramel syrup. Yes, that's my jam too. myself an espresso for Christmas. Oh! I have been loving life with my Nespresso. (laughs) I've never, so never used to drink coffee until maybe like five years ago. Now I have to have it. It'll be a treat. Whereas my partner, he is obsessed with tea. He probably has like 15 cups of tea a day. Oh, whoa. That is an obsession. He is obsessed with tea. Any particular or it's just like proper builder's tea? Like? Oh, he likes a builder's tea. Yeah, very milky. Oh. Or, or like a, I like to call it a baby tea. Where it's like really, <laughs> really, really milky. Oh no, he's one of those. Oh yeah. no. Oh, like, that, I'm sorry. that makes it good. Yeah. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> yeah. What Brilliant. about you? Well, see, I always used to be a tea girl. It was always just a cup of tea. And coffee for me used to be like too much. Like Same. too much caffeine. <laughs> it was I was buzzing. But now I'm older. I just like I've just recently turned 30. And yes, that is old to me, listeners, before you even like come for me. <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't go without coffee now. I have a morning, and I only have one. It's my morning coffee and it's lovely and it's like vanilla flavoured and, but I feel like I've switched all of a sudden, like in my old age, like mm. I'm now a coffee girl. Well, that's like what happened to me. I, I switched and then I would be getting like the wee sashes that were like a little latte mm. and I would, I would do them. And then I was like, kind of really want an espresso machine. They look amazing. <laughs> And that was my treat. And this is now I'm, on, now I'm on about three a day. Oh, well, that's not bad, actually. That's mm, I've heard worse. Don't worry about it. That's good. But it's an enjoyable experience, I have to say. Isn't it? And, like, there's nothing better than in the summer getting an iced latte. Yes. Right? You just, sun's out, iced latte. Done. And then I can do that with my espresso machine at home. <gasps> I'm coming to yours. I'm coming to yours. That sounds fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, second question. And this is, oh, my God, this is so hard. I don't know how you're going to answer this one. Would you rather a Tunnock's tea cake or shortbread? Like, what are you going to choose? This is a hard one for me because I have a sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. Like, the worst sweet tooth ever. So, I do love a bit of shortbread, but there's something about a Tunnock's tea cake. <sighs> Eat that marshmallow in the middle. Oh, stop. It's like oh nothing else, is it? It really isn't. Love I it. really want one. But also, no one does shortbread better than Scotland, Fiona. Like, Scottish shortbread is just chef's kiss. Like, so good. Have you ever had any tablet from Scotland? 
No, what is that? That's like, it's kind of like fudge in a way. <gasps> you need to get yourself some Scottish tablet. Oh, you know what? I just need to move to Scotland. What am I doing here? What am I doing here? <laughs> great early years, great food. Like what is what is happening? Okay. Oh, I don't know if I can pick. Okay, so you're defo going for tonics because they're... Yes. What are um, you going for? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay, you know what? I'm going to go for shortbread because then when we have lunch together, we can both have both and it'll be fine. So Yeah, we can have a bit of each. Right? Perfect. Oh my God, a Scottish tea with tonics and... <gasps> okay, you know what? I'm going to the shops after this. I need to get some tonics and shortbread. Like <laughs> it, just, it just needs to happen. Okay, last but not least, would you rather Scottish whiskey or iron brew? Oh, classic Scottish drink this that. This is difficult for me because to be honest, I don't really like either of them. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I am um, I'm not the biggest drinker to be honest so I think mm. I'll pick Iron Brew although it's really sweet and a particular taste yes I think I'd rather that over the whiskey because whiskey is like whew, knock your socks off but that's why I love it like I'm not a big drinker either but then as soon as I have some whiskey I'm like oh oh yes that's it the warms spot. the soul isn't it it looks like you can feel it what like you become a radiator like it's just great especially like in the winter when it's miserable outside and you're feeling a bit rough just a, just a little little whiskey and everything's yes. all right oh, but we don't we don't condone drinking in a, in a oh no 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 <laughs> yeah sorry thank you for reminding me disclaimer yeah uh, please drink responsibly etc etc um but yeah darn i love that whiskey and iron brew i was saying to you earlier it's very neon it's just it's the color um it just makes me wonder <laughs> what animal did it squeeze that color out of what plant did that come from <laughs> and there was i don't know if you heard a couple of years a couple of years ago it must be a while ago the big uproar in scotland when they changed their recipe yes i remember <gasps> have you recovered have you recovered or is the is the country well, just still well my boyfriend he's he's not recovered he actually has some of the secret le- recipe left <gasps> Oh. For emergency occasions. Oh my goodness, what a rebel. I'm so funny. I'm like, oh. you probably shouldn't drink that now. <laughs> it might be nuclear. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I love it. Well, mate, we've got a party between us. Like, whiskey, iron brew, tonics, tea, cake, shortbread, done. What a day. Perfect. With a wee cup of coffee and a wee, a wee tea on the side. There you go. Done. What more do you need in life? I'm obsessed. I love it. <laughs> Oh, it's been so fun chatting to you today, Fiona. Thank you so much for coming and educating us about what it's like to be an early years educator in Scotland. If our wonderful listeners want to learn more, tell us where we can find you, what other bits you've got going on. Just tell us all about it. Well, so we are on most of the social medias. I'd say that we're most active on our Facebook group, which is Twinkle Scotland ELC, and on our Instagram, which is also Twinkle Scotland DLC, um, if you search them. And we have a Twitter account, which is ELC Twinkle. And we're on TikTok as well. And we also have a YouTube channel, which has a few outdoor learning um, videos on that, if you want to look at some of them, which is more of a working project with that one. Making videos on YouTube is not easy, guys. Don't even. I haven't even started to do that. I'm, <laughs> I, 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 I bow down to you. It's yes. YouTube is a whole new world. Like, 
it definitely is and if you want to find anything on Scotland on Twinkle I think if you just search in the search bar Twinkle Scotland ELC you'll get over to our landing page and you can see some of our Scottish things and we are currently working on our new play product so this is being a big project it's your baby isn't it it is our baby baby. so (laughs) the whole point in our product is similar to what I've been discussing but have play at the heart of the child's learning and then you can add the curriculum as the play and learning develops so this product will be able to be used internationally which is very exciting for us and in a way we feel that it's kind of showing what you said that Scotland is in our opinion leading the way through play my opinion too babes (laughs) but Australia and New Zealand and and Scandinavian countries they are doing very well too Um, where we feel like there's a gap that needs to be filled of supporting educators and playful learning so we're really excited about that so if you search play on twinkle um, or twinkle play on facebook we've got a facebook group for that amazing i'm going to put all of the links to all of that as well in the episode so they can just click off they go straight to all those facebook groups etc sites wonderful oh it's been thank you so much for having me and it's been lovely chatting to you it really has for you as well. And I hope you get to speak together soon. Hopefully. That'd be great and work on some stuff together. Yes, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna come and bug you in Scotland, just so you know. If you just hear a knock at the door, it'll be me. With shortbread, so it's fine. Oh, that's fine then. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> great. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Well, there we have it. I am sold. I'm completely sold. I am packing up my things and I'm moving to Scotland. Like, how cool does it sound? Now, of course, every country will have its pros and cons and, you know, things that don't work quite so well. But at the minute, I'm not hearing too many bad things about what Scotland are doing. I don't know about you. If you are a practitioner in Scotland and you want to tell us more, get in touch. I would love to know what it's like to work in another earlier setting in another country. And it's been marvellous so far. I feel like I've gone on a world adventure from my office chair. Very exciting. Very cheap too. Now, we're coming to the end of this mini-series now. We are going to talk to the wonderful Amy from Twinkle Northern Ireland next time. And then we're going to finish off with our wonderful friends in the United Arab Emirates with Samaya. And then that'll be it. Back to uh, the normal schedule. Lots of CPD stuff coming, lots of things to help you with what's coming up in the summer, transition, etc, etc. So I'm looking forward to the episodes that are coming. And also, we might be doing a little uh, brand update, you know, updating the episode colours, the artwork. I mean, we've been going over a year now and we've got 10,000 downloads. So I thought it was time for a bit of a refresh. So uh, keep your eyes peeled, see if you see anything different. And until the next time, have a great day. Bye. So that's it from today's episode. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you really enjoyed it. If you would like to get involved or would like to know more, come and find us on our social media sites. We have a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and TikTok account. All of the details will be in the description. And whatever you're doing, I hope you have a great day today.